With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Nerd Party. Maximum warp. Punch it. Punch it. Punch it, Bishop! Punch it. Punch that shit! Let's punch it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Punch It. This is episode 99. My name is Charlene Schmidt, and with me, as always, is... Tristan Riddell. Tristan Riddell. Next episode is 100. Buddy. I, that completely slipped by. I honestly had no idea that was coming up. <laughs> well, you know what happened is over the holidays, we took a little bit of a break. Life has been a little crazy, as it usually is. And mm-hmm. so this has been a couple of weeks now, if you're listening to us in real time, that we've actually talked to each other and done a podcast. So we got some catching up to do. Yeah, it was. Uh, we need to catch up, and we need to uh, we need to figure out what we've been doing because you've been watching something Star Trek related where I have not. Yes, I did watch the latest short trek, The Escape Artist, directed and acted by the fantastic Rain Wilson, whom of course I loved from The Office, and I really enjoyed it. But did you watch it? I didn't. I am trying to save some uh, some cash and just watch them all at once once Discovery comes back for season two, which is real soon, right? Two weeks or something like that? Really soon. January 17th. So on the day that we're recording this, January 7th, 10 days from now. We haven't got long to go at all. That's pretty fan. Okay, so what are you looking forward to the most in season two? Like, what, what, do, you, what do you hope happens? Ooh, you know, I really don't have any predictions for what I want to happen or any expectations. I just want the show to take me for the ride, whatever it is. Now, as far as characters go, I do have a couple things that I'm really looking forward to. First off is Captain Pike, played by Anson Mount. Yeah, that, I think he's going to be quickly become a fan favorite. I mean, like everybody is Agreed. really has so much anticipation for his character and we really hasn't haven't seen too terribly much of him at this point but yet even just like when they released an image of him in the uniform people are like yes let's do this why do you think that is is it just because he's handsome it can't just be because he's handsome no i think it's just even from the publicity stills that we have seen and the couple of previews that we've gotten I think he is embodying this character in a way that's really got people gravitating toward him. I mean, he gets it. He is Captain Pike. And we've seen a couple of incarnations now of Pike. And I don't know. There's just something about it that he's got that commanding presence. He's got the right attitude. I don't know if I can describe it. I can't articulate it. Uh, <laughs> can you help me out here? Well, I think actually, I, I think he he does he definitely does has that have that charisma, and Lorca had that kind of charisma too. And it makes me wonder now. A big criticism of season one of Discovery was that some people thought that it wasn't really Burnham's show, that she wasn't really the protagonist, and. Mm. 
Yeah. They're really, really, really pushing Pike and Spock, Pike and Spock, Pike and Spock. Now, do you have any kind of hesitation or anxiety whatsoever about this becoming the Pike and Spock show instead of the Burnham show that we were promised? No, I don't think that's going to be the case because my thought about season one is that Michael Burnham had to share the spotlight because she is the vehicle that takes us to all of these other characters on the show. And I feel that Pike and Spock are going to be no different. She is essential. Now, are they going to give her more spotlight? That's a good question. We're only going to get that answer once we see the show. That's true. There's no way to know, and all we have is speculation. And one thing that people are speculating about is that people believe that season two of Discovery might be a backdoor pilot for a new Enterprise show featuring the adventures of Pike and Spock before Kirk. Oh, really? Now, I avoid the rumor mills like the plague. I've not heard this theory. What do you think about that idea? Uh, I'll let you know after season two. I think... uh, (laughs) Okay, fair enough. I don't think it's needed. I feel like they're going in the right direction with moving forward with the 24th century. I'm kind of tired of the 23rd century. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. Like, I feel like we're getting enough of this time period where we don't need another Constitution class Enterprise show. We've got so much other Trek that we can look forward to now. We've got the Picard show coming late Mm -hmm. this year. We've got the animated comedy series, Lower Decks, that's coming out. I mean, there's not going to be any shortage, guys. And I feel like there can be such a thing as too much of a good thing. Let's not kill and oversaturate the franchise again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, I think let, let's let's take our time. Let's not overdo it like Star Wars did with Last Jedi and Solo coming out and everything like that. So let's just take our time. Let's let's appreciate what we're giving and what we're what we're yeah. getting. And uh, I, yeah, I mean, like I'm not I'm not one of those people who is just 100% opposed to any kind of concept right away. That's a complete lie. Right As soon as it left my mouth, I knew that was a lie. But in this <laughs> particular instance, I'm like, if they want to try it, I guess that's okay. But you're definitely, you're definitely heading towards sacred ground if you have a show, a show that's devoted to the Enterprise, like the original Enterprise. Because when they did, when they did the movies, you're like, it's movies, it's a reboot. You know, there's, right. there's some sort of distance. You're like, okay, I can compartmentalize it in my brain. Yeah, that's why they did that, right? Yeah, but like with a, a direct prequel show with Pike instead of Kirk, that's just yeah. hitting a little too close to home for a lot of people, I think. It could be. And my brain stops at the fact that we don't really need that. Let's ride this wave of momentum that Star Trek is back and let's explore all these very different facets of the franchise. Let's expand it. Let's make it more than the sum of its parts again. (laughs) And I feel like that's not necessarily a step in the right direction as far as that goes. Now, that said, haven't seen season two yet. Maybe there's something really good here. Maybe there's a golden nugget that they can explore. But right now, eh. Let's not and say we didn't appreciate what we've got in store for us right here, right now. Now, since this is episode 99 and 100 is right around the corner, yes. I feel like it would be interesting if we kind of opened up the net again to our listenership to say, like, is there anything in particular that they would like us to talk about? Yeah. Oh, our listeners always have amazing suggestions, many of which we take and we do on the show. 
So if you've got a brilliant idea that we haven't covered yet, by all means, speak out. You can reach me personally on Twitter. My handle is oh, the profanity. Where can they hit you up? They can find me at the insane Robin. They can also write us an email by going to thenerdparty.com slash contact. Select punch it from the drop down menu, fill out the form, and it will uh, send us a message. And if it's a great idea, we'll use it. If it's a good idea, we'll maybe use it in the future. And we have a lot in the bank as well. So maybe we can we go there and see what maybe we've been missing. Right. And if we have not used your idea yet, it doesn't mean it's a bad one. It's just we maybe haven't gotten around to it yet. Absolutely. And we have some of the best listeners because we have some of the most creative listeners out there. And we love feeding off of your creativity because it only makes us more creative. Now, speaking of which, what are we doing this week, Shar? Well, we got to fulfill the promise that we made in the last episode that we recorded all the way last year now. (laughs) (laughs) And we left off 2018 rewriting Beverly Crusher. And we said, well, this would not be complete if we did not also take on Wesley. So that is what we are doing today to kick off 2019. We're going to give Wesley a little bit of a rewrite. Just a little bit, or maybe a lot. I don't know. We might completely yeah. reformat the character. We'll see how this goes. With Crusher, we there's certain times when we do this to a character and sometimes we completely rewrite their existence. Other times we just kind of bring certain things out that we kind of enhance their personality or add some hobbies or add some drama to their backstory or something like that. Now with Wesley, I have no idea which direction we're going to go because Wesley is one of those characters where we know everything about him. Everything that we could possibly know, we know about him. I think we do. We do. What, okay, watch. Okay, so there's a show that I need you to <laughs> watch. It's called Star Trek: The Next Generation. <laughs> what? What is it? I've never heard about this. What is it? S- seven seasons. Four of them are fantastic. Wow. <laughs> and, and it's uh, it, it's really something that you should spend the time and watch because they, even though people didn't like it, they really delve deep into the character of Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're cracking me up. I love it. All right. Now, here is one big caveat, I think, that's going to make this rewrite different from other rewrites. Since he is the son of Beverly Crusher and we did rewrite her, his rewrite is a little bit contingent on what we did with her. So maybe we ought to do a little bit of a recap and explain how we changed Beverly Crusher to become a better character. So one thing that we did with Crusher is that we made her a little bit more of a helicopter mom. Yes, but with good reason. Yes, she did not want him to be in Starfleet. She was hesitant with him becoming a Starfleet officer because of what happened to Jack. And she knew that this was a crazy field for her. She knew it was dangerous for her. And she obviously she knew it was dangerous for her husband and because her husband is no more. And so we really brought out the, the motherhood in her to make her much more involved with Wesley's life. And we would we threw in more scenes and more episodes about that direct confrontation of being mother and son because in the show presented to us she was very passive, and very much so. The episode title is "Casual Mom." Yes, yes, we we amped it up where she was much more involved. We see those parenting moments. Oh, we see those moments where she's you know disgruntled with him, where she doesn't want him to go into Starfleet, where they have the sex talk. You know, all those kind of uh, things yep, we, went we talked there. about. Now, what else did we do to her character besides motherhood? 
Well, we made her speak her mind a little more. She's a little more direct. She exercises her authority as the CMO a little more often because we really enjoyed that. And we thought, you know what? Let's get those muscles pumped up just a little more. And so we're going to have her bossing people around a little more. And one thing that we did was we added a little bit more motivation to her getting on the command track where like we threw in, I think we threw in an episode where she realized that not only like, cause she's a great leader because she's the CMO. We all know that, but we found out that she could actually command people outside of medical situations. And it was either Riker or Picard. I can't remember who spoke to her and said, you should really consider going on to the command track and we never see it, but it kind of gives it more weight when we see the alternate future with her on the pasture. Yes. Yeah. That plants the seed and gives her the bug, the command bug, if you will. And I believe it was Picard who pushed her to do that. So also we did a little bit of do they or don't they with Picard. We said, just pick a direction and let's freaking go. Okay. I think that's, yes, I think uh, I uh, I came up with an idea to not so much hint at it, but really throw it in your face, but don't explain it, where she makes a guest appearance in his bedroom, in her pajamas, <laughs> yes, in, Nemesis. in Nemesis. Yes, yeah. yes, where that's, it's very clearly implied that, yes, they're involved, finally. Mm-hmm. And also we did a kind of a retcon of why she was not around in season two, where Tensions between her and Jean-Luc were so high that she just couldn't take it anymore and said, you know what? I'm out. I need to leave for a little while. I'm going to go be in charge of Starfleet Medical. And by the way, would you take care of Wesley for me? (laughs) Yeah. Now, what reasoning did we have to bring her back? Like she just missed her son too much or she missed being out there? I cannot remember. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Yeah. I do not remember that part. My bad. I'm so sorry. I'm sure our listeners are furious. You don't even remember your own canon. No, no. Sorry, there's a gazillion cannons in my head. If this is everyone's first episode, you really should go back and listen to the one previously about Crusher because it does set it up. And it's fun. I think this it was one of our better episodes and it'll kind of bleed into this one. So yes, so let's, let's go ahead. Get do, yeah, let's do this. Let's get started. Let's do this. Now, Wesley, back in the day, back in 1986, when they were developing the show to be released in 87... Gene Ronberry w- wanted Wesley to be a a man, or a boy, and I believe it was Robert Justman who convinced Roddenberry to change him to a female, change the character into a female, and it would be Leslie Crusher. Right, and they went with this for a little while, and even went so far as to define the character, like what would a teenage girl be experiencing on the Enterprise. Yes, yes, because I think Justman's uh, reasoning was everybody has a teenage boy. Every show deals with boy teenagers, so let's do a, a girl so that, you know, like we can actually get a different perspective and like show what female, young females go through. And right. of course, Gene Ronberry gets what Gene Ronberry wants. And so <laughs> they changed it back at the last minute. And uh, how do you feel about that? Like going into it, how do you feel the show would have been with another female presence? I think it would have been interesting had Leslie made a screen appearance and this had been a female perspective. Like, would we have seen kind of the same idea, just female personified where 
She's a she's a little genius. She's Wonderkin. She's on the bridge saving the ship. And is she uh, having, you know, going through her first relationship types of deals? I'm not sure. And I don't know if it would have been terribly different if that had been the case. However, if they had spun it to where it is uniquely female, I feel like they would have done it all wrong. (laughs) Where it would have been all about, oh, boys, 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 boys. And that would not have been very exciting to watch. So... I'm kind of neither here nor there on that. How do you feel? That's interesting. I didn't really think about that because you're right. It was, you know, it started in the 80s and continued in the early 90s. So they right. probably would have screwed it up. I feel like, I feel like you're well, right. I think, I think through they our lens, through our lens, through our lens. I think, yeah, I, I think you're, I think you're right. I, I think she would probably be boy crazy because. It would have just been all about her relationships and her entering the world of dating and having a little bit of girl talk and, you know, talking with mom about, oh, what should I do? And I think he likes me, but I'm not sure. I think if Leslie Crusher did exist, I think we would have seen uh, like uh, from the writers, not just from our own canon, but from the actual writers. I think we would have seen a much more involved mother from from, uh, Beverly Crusher. Maybe so. Maybe so. Now, that would have affected Beverly more than Leslie, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. I think so. I really do. I, I do believe so. And uh, I just found the, des- the description here. Leslie Crusher, like this was on the casting call, an appealing, for- whatever that means, an appealing 15-year-old Caucasian girl needs small 18 or almost 18 to play 15. Her remarkable mind and photographic memory make it seem not unlikely for her to become, at 15, a Starfleet acting ensign. Otherwise, she has a normal teenager. So they had it in their brains, he is going to become a Starfleet acting ensign. Like from day one, they knew that Wesley was going to be an acting ensign. Yeah. Now, that was also a Gene Roddenberry thing where he wanted this boy to just be a genius. Mm -hmm. I mean, he really fought for that. He really wanted that to happen. And I, in hindsight, knowing now how that was received by the audience at large, I would have tried really hard to shoot this down because we've talked about before how like Jake on DS9 is such a great and relatable character because he's just an he's just an average kid. And we can understand that a whole lot better than boy genius who saves the ship almost every week in the first season, which gets kind of gross after a while. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So is that something that you would take away? Would you take away the genius that is Wesley? What I would do is I would make this kid brilliant, obviously has a bright future ahead, and wants to join Starfleet with Beverly Crusher just kind of in the background shaking, oh no, please don't, please don't, you're all I have. I really don't want you to go into this dangerous profession because what if I lose you too? Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't make him stupid. I wouldn't even make him average. I would make him above average. I would make him a great role model, but I would not make him a genius. And if he ever saved the ship, it would be once. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I think the thing that I would do is that I was, how do I put this? Like, there's one thing that I really liked about myself in high school was that I was a nerd, I was a straight-A student, but I had social skills. Right, and we already discussed that maybe Wesley is a little low on his skill set with the social niceties. Right, and so I would amp that up a little bit. I feel like it's kind of that balancing act. Like if you're going to take away some of his intelligence, I think that gives us room to 
amp up his social intelligence a little bit more. So I would love to see an outgoing Wesley Crusher. I would love to see a kid who likes being a kid and who likes going on dates and who likes talking to women and who is fine talking with adults, who is a little more precocious and and interesting and like is I'm so tired of the of the genius who's just nervous all the time and doesn't yeah. know how to talk to girls or just wants to grow up, who hates being a kid and everything like that. I would love to see someone who is above average intelligence, but not super genius, but someone who is just comfortable in their own skin, who likes who they are, and finds the drama around that instead of just of what we got. You know, I can I disagree a little bit with you? You can disagree 100% if you want. <laughs> I don't want to disagree 100% because I like where that's going, but I do kind of feel like it needs a little bit of a tweak where... I feel like the growing up process for Wesley, I mean, for a relatability factor, he's got to be rattled by things like maybe a date not going so well, and then maybe seeking some advice from various people. I don't want him to feel so comfortable. He's like, well, that didn't go so well. Okay, I'll try again next time. No, 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 no. I want to see him go through some crap because that's most of us. Now, he doesn't have to be completely socially awkward. And I love the idea of making him want to be outgoing and making lots of friends and going out on dates and just enjoying that experience. But I do want him to have to learn a couple of lessons here and there. I feel like you just described the character that we got, though. Because well, he no, wants Wesley, to be outgoing. I don't know. I guess did he really did he really want to be that outgoing? Like I guess maybe. I, I mean don't he know. was he was he was going to Jordy for advice and God knows why and well, he was I mean, you know like that's just stupid teenage instincts there, <laughs> like, oh I I'll talk to Jordy about it. No, 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 honey, don't no. And not he, about that. You know, like he had dates, like he had he he was interested in the Animorph and went and dated the Animorph. He was interested in Leffler, went and dated Leffler. He went to Guinan for advice because he had woman troubles. Like, you basically described Wesley. Like, that's kind of what we got. Because he okay. wanted to be an adult. Like, that's the thing. He wanted to be an adult, but he was this awkward kid. He wanted to be outgoing. He wanted to date. And so he did. And so he would talk to everybody. And he talked to Riker for advice. He talked with... Guinan and date, he even went to Data for advice at one point, you know, and just like he, everybody but his mom. Everybody but his mom. But like our version, I, I feel like she would kind of inject in, inject herself, but at the same time, he would appreciate. Like there were times when you know, like my parents would kind of bring themselves into the into my into my life because I was a teenager. Sometimes I didn't want them to. Sometimes I did want them to. But you had this brutal dichotomy, this this 50-50 split of where you're pissed at your parents for no reason, but then at the same time, every once in a while, you're like, well, maybe they do know what they're talking about here. And I feel like that's the kind of relationship that Wesley would have with Beverly, where yeah. because we're amping her up and making a helicopter parent, I don't want him to always be you know, annoyed with her. But um, right. yeah. He does need to, as a teenage boy, tell her to back off every once in a while. And rightfully so if she's a helicopter parent and she's got to learn ever so slowly to let go. Mm-hmm. But she needs to be involved in his life. And I feel like they need to have many more deep conversations about like what he's going through in his life. How is he processing it? I do want it to be portrayed in a healthy light because I feel like if you're going to have a kid or at least a teenager on the Enterprise – 
make him a role model, make him a good one. And I feel like they went with the intention of that by, by making him a genius to be kind of like that aspirational, be exceptional type of thing. It's just they they did it with a misstep. Mm-hmm. I feel like if he was made today, they would make him autistic. They probably would. Yeah. I feel I feel like that is just so it's becoming such a huge trope in modern television and we do need autistic representation. Certainly. On, more autistic representation on TV, but I feel like it's such a knee-jerk reaction where like, oh, this person's a genius and they're young. Well, the only way to explain that is with autism. And so let's make them super awkward in, in social situations and let's make right. it so we can't make eye contact and everything like that. They kind of just lead, they kind of just turn into the skid. And it's just, we're seeing that pop up more and more. And so I think that's why, that's kind of my my overreaction to how it would be today is <laughs> it's a novel idea today to make a genius with social skills. That's pretty much all that I'm coming from. <laughs> what we really, I think, maybe are talking about is we both want a fairly well-adjusted guy just growing up and maturing. Yeah. Now, I guess maybe portraying that is harder than it seems. I don't know. And how would that be with a uh, with a mom like R. Beverly and with a little bit more outgoing Wesley, less of a genius, not a wunderkind, but still smart. How would that be growing up on the Enterprise D? I would say, you know, you have a little portrayal of him working hard to achieve excellent marks in school and really just keep himself going on the fast track toward his goals, which ultimately is Starfleet Academy, seeing that in action. But how is he balancing that with a social life? You know, does he pass up opportunities with friends because he knows he needs to study? Or does he do that after school special where, oh, now I'm going to just put homework to the wayside and spend all weekend, I don't know, playing on the holodeck? <laughs> lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, yes, I would, I would like to see that a touch more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like just things of that nature where it's a kid problem. It really is. But it's relevant and it's relatable, especially when you are a kid. Like if you had seen Wesley doing that while we were growing up and watching TNG, we would have understood, oh, he just wants to play video games. I get that. And we kind of saw that in the first season a little bit like with, what was it? Like, I can't remember what episode it was, but like he hit Picard with a snowball. Oh, right. Yes. And so we see him having fun and we see him enjoying himself and... I wanted a little bit more of that because we kind of, because he was with another kid at that time. We kind of killed his social life except for like the three dates he went on. Yeah, with three it's different true. Women. He was relating a lot more to adults. I would have loved to have seen Wesley with a group of friends. I would have loved to have seen like some side characters pop up every now and again where it's like, oh, I'm going to hang out with Josie. I'm going to hang out with Ben. You know, there's just right? like something like that. And yeah. we, we see those characters pop up and there are other kids on the Enterprise D. Maybe they're not interested in Starfleet and that's why he likes hanging out with them. 
yeah, or does that create friction as they get a little bit older and they're starting to really prepare for the future of their life paths and he realizes, oh, this is kind of the last year or so I'm going to spend with my friends here. They're going to go off and do completely different things. We just don't have anything in common anymore. I think Jake and Nog went through that and I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. Oh, it's good stuff. And it's, again, it's relatable. You know, when you're off to go to college, a lot of your friends just are going to go off and do completely different things from you. And you either cherish that or you're just like, well, pff, piss off. I got to go do me. Yeah. It's, I mean, everybody, everybody goes through that. I mean, like I've talked about before about how my best friend growing up, we barely talked to each other during college, but then after college we moved in together and then once I moved out and got a job in a different city, he moved out of state and there was no falling out between us. We still care for each other, but we don't talk. We don't interact. Right. We don't really have a friendship anymore. And sometimes that just happens, even though we still have so much in common, time and distance and everything like that makes things yeah. go to the wayside. And I would love to see that happen where like maybe like one of Wesley's friends, like his family gets transferred to another ship. You know, like I would yeah. love to see that kind of storyline. Oh, and you would think with these Starfleet brats, basically, being toted from ship to ship, that that would happen fairly often. Yeah, and maybe um, Beverly kind of works that into, well, that's the life of a Starfleet officer. And if you don't really like it, maybe you shouldn't go into Starfleet. <laughs> right. Using that to fuel her argument. I love it. Because you could totally see that happening. But yeah, that's something that I would, I would love to see him have more of a social life. Not necessarily a dating life, even though I think we should definitely explore that more. For sure. I want to see a social life where yeah. he's just hanging out. He's with other kids his own age. Maybe he's hanging out with some of the lower deck people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe uh, hitting up some of the uh, ensigns on, hey, what is Starfleet life like? Can I shadow you for a day? I would love, I would absolutely love to see a 16-year-old Wesley Crusher hit on a 21-year-old Ensign and get shot down hard. That's one of those life lessons that I'm talking about that he would need to go through thinking he's actually got a chance only to realize, oh, wow, I just tried to basically hop to a different galaxy. And that's the thing is that like, I feel like you and you and I's ideas can be combined into one because that's the thing. He has the social ni niceties. He has the confidence to go up to that 21-year-old and ask her out. But he also has the life circumstance to get shot down where he needs to figure out what he did wrong or readjust where he's going. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree that we're kind of merging the ideas so. now. Yeah, which is good. And that's going to create, I think, a better character overall, still entertaining to watch. And this is going to prompt growth, which he needs. And this is something that we all go through. It's good stuff. Now, one thing about Wesley that I was not terribly keen on, and I'm wondering uh, if you want to change this or not, is he kind of got a little arrogant toward the end. Ugh. Ugh. Like, I just, he became a very unlikable character, and I'm just, oh, God, go away already. I don't know why they did that, because they made him a straight-up jackass to Jordy. And yeah, for what? He just, he, he just, he wasn't impressed, but, like, Jordy came to him and said, like, hey, check this out. I spent a lot of work on this. And Wes is like, oh, what's the point? And it just, it hurt to see him become that, and I, I don't... I feel like they were overcorrecting, like they were 
they knew that nobody liked him. They knew that the fans did not like Wesley. And so maybe I felt like they were trying something different. Or maybe they were trying to make his parting less sorrowful where you wanted to see him go. I don't know. <laughs> That's the only conclusion I can come to is, well, if you hate him, let's just make him a real a-hole so you have reason to believe it. Yeah, I just I just don't get why they did that. because Me neither. It All they needed to do, and I know this is... A, I'm making it sound more simplistic than it is, but it's just like don't tr- don't make the character a jackass or don't change his personality. Just write him better stories, make him react to different things, and yeah. But anyway, that's exactly what we're doing, but we're doing it after the fact. Well, I, right, yeah. He, that's the thing with rewriting Wesley is we've got so many decades of hindsight that we know exactly where things went wrong with this character. Every fan can tell you this. One thing that I really enjoyed that was kind of counter to his character, but still within his character, because we all screw up sometimes, some more than others. But when he was in the not Tom Paris accident. Oh, right. Uh, In what is it called? The first duty? I think it's called first duty Mm -hmm. where he tries to cover up a shuttle accident. Like he's a, he's a, he's a good person. He's a talented cadet and he just kept making wrong decision after wrong decision because he was trying to cover up that initial lie. He got peer pressured. And I just thought that was so interesting to see him fall and get dressed down by Picard so hard, but he was always Wesley. He never stopped being Wesley. And that's different than when they showed him later on when he was just a jerk to the crew. Yeah, no, that was a really rough patch for him where he did the wrong thing and mm-hmm. had to live up to an answer for his indecision or his bad decisions. And that was not something that we had really seen out of Wesley before. So I would absolutely 100% keep that. Yeah. So then he's got a lot of relationships to repair after that, after that big mistake. But you know what? We all do that. We all make one horrible, at least one horrible mistake in our earlier years as, as young adults where just it all goes wrong. It all falls apart before our eyes. And now, oh my gosh, I've ruined so many things. What do I do now? Well, time, maturity, taking the time to really think about it, learn from it. I wonder, would it be interesting if we had him get kicked out of Starfleet during Ooh. that incident? Lose everything that he had worked toward. Lose everything. He's kicked out. He goes back to the Enterprise D and he just doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know how to fit in. And maybe that's when we kind of introduce, instead of just one one drop traveler, boom, I'm leaving. What if we kind of build to that where he doesn't know what he wants to do? He doesn't know where he's going to go. I know we got some of that. I mean, obviously we got some of that later on, but I feel like it would be a little bit more dramatic if he was kicked out early. And so we could build that character up and him trying to find what he's going to do instead of one episode of, I don't know. Definitely. Definitely. And I think also <laughs> many 20-somethings can relate to that whole thing of needing to find yourself. Mm-hmm. He had been so steadfast about Starfleet. If he loses that, who is he without that? He's going to have to redefine his whole identity. And we could see some friction between Beverly and Wesley because secretly this is what she wanted all along. Right. And maybe there's going to be a lot of explosive resentment about that when Beverly's actually kind of happy to have him on the Enterprise and not as a cadet. 
Exactly. And every single time she goes to comfort him about it, he under like he is boiling underneath because and he even shouts like you like why are you saying you're sorry? This is what you wanted from day one, so you yeah. got it. Yeah, I think we've definitely got to have that moment where they're going to have to bury the hatchet on those feelings that have been kind of underneath their skin for several years now at this point in the series. She has to acknowledge that, yeah, deep down, I really didn't want you to be in Starfleet, but I'm very sorry and very sad that, you know, you lost your dream, that things happened the way they did, that sort of thing. So do we continue his storyline with the Traveler or do we say no to that? Well... I mean, I always thought the Traveler was a little bit of a creepy guy. So I'm not like, I'm not 100% keen on that. But it does give Wesley a little bit of bookend to his story where Traveler shows up early in season one. They have some sort of kinship there. Maybe the Traveler can give him some direction in life leading outward. Yeah. I found something. This was from an AOL chat in 1997 from Ronald D. Moore. Okay. He said... I was the one who pushed to get Wesley out of the academy and send him off with the Traveler. I felt that there was a built-in contradiction in a character that we that we said was like Mozart in his appreciation of higher mathematics and physics, yet was just on the same career path as any Starfleet cadet. I didn't get it. If Wes is truly special and gifted, what the hell is he doing at the helm? It seemed like he was only going to the academy to live up to the memory of his father and the expectations of Picard, not because it was his best identity. Journey's End also seemed like an opportunity to see someone walk away from Starfleet with her head held high and just say, it's cool, but not for me. I was tired of everyone in the 24th century saying, all I want to do is wear the uniform and serve on a starship. Hey, it's cool, but it's not for everyone. So I pushed to have Wes realize his destiny was elsewhere and have him walk away. I think that's great. And I'm so glad that Ronald Z. Moore made that happen. I just think it should have happened earlier. So like right at first duty so that we could see him explore other aspects of himself. Most definitely. Yeah, the idea itself is brilliant because we do get a whole bunch of yay Starfleet from everybody else. We need that dissenting voice. Again, Jake, they learned so much from TNG going into DS9 that they put in there. It was, it was very well done. I feel like I would ditch the traveler. I would. Would you? I I never was happy with it. I would love him lost on Enterprise D. Like for a season, he has no idea what to do. And for a season, he explores new things where he, you know, like he helps out maybe in different departments on the Enterprise where he tries to figure out which career path he's going to go into. Does he want to go into mathematics? Does he want to go into engineering? Does he want to go into physics? Is he smart enough to go to the Daystrom Institute? Could he go to the Daystrom Institute, in, excuse me, the Daystrom Institute, even though he couldn't hack it in Starfleet? You know, like where where does that work? Where does that break? And could we go a little crazy? And he develops an aptitude towards medicine. Say what now? He's going to follow in his mom's footsteps? Oh, okay, that's kind of like a corny ending. I'm not saying he actually does go into medicine, but maybe he shows an aptitude towards it and maybe... Crusher's just like, hey, maybe you could follow my footsteps instead of your father's. And instead of going into Starfleet medicine, you could just go into medicine. You clearly know your chemistry. You clearly know this, blah, 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 blah. Maybe he tries it, doesn't like it. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. You know, I could see him trying it for sure. And I think Wesley's problem is he's going to have an aptitude toward anything he applies himself to. He's got enough intelligence to be good at anything he wants to be good at. 
which is why he's not going to go into medicine. He's got to find his own path. He doesn't need to go after his daddy's footsteps. He's not going to follow mama's footsteps. He's got to do Wesley. What does Wesley want? It's not going to be either of those things. What if we kind of loop it back a little bit where because Wesley is so smart, because of everything that you just said, he has an aptitude towards towards everything. What if we actually do make him go to the Daystrom Institute where he's so smart and so young where they're just like, maybe he's recruited into the Institute because somebody comes to him and says, listen, we saw that you didn't make it through Starfleet. There are other ways to contribute to the Federation without being in Starfleet. And clearly you're smart enough for Starfleet, but you couldn't handle the framework, the methodology. We work towards your methodology and framework to, to make your mind flourish for us, not the other way around. That makes a lot of sense. I think that would be interesting, and that's why he leaves Enterprise D. And it still opens up for cameo appearances. Yeah. Let's go with that. And also, we would completely get rid of the nonsense of him being in a Starfleet uniform in Nemesis. Yeah, totally cool. Let's not and say we did. Oh, so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, you know, they really did have some missteps here and there with this character. They really did. I don't understand their logic there. Like, okay, so with Nemesis, like with Captain Picard, the younger version of him not having hair, like when we see a photo of that, I get the logic behind it. You don't want to introduce a new element to non-fans. You don't want him to Mm -hmm. look different. You want him to look like Shinzon so that people go, oh, hey, that's Shinzon. They look exactly the same. I get it. It was stupid, but I get it. It was definitely stupid, yeah. But with Crusher showing up with a uniform, you're not doing you're, you're you're not doing anything for non-fans and you're not doing anything for fans. So you're yeah. it's like he could have shown up without a uniform and he would have meant absolutely nothing to non-fans just like he did in a uniform. Right. And to fans they would say like, "Oh, he's done traveling he for the for the for the wedding." End of story. Right? And then what? We don't know, we don't really care. In a deleted scene of Nemesis like they explained that he was going to be assigned to the Titan under Captain Riker, but no explanation of him coming back to Starfleet. And it's so Mm. freaking stupid because obviously he finished the Academy. So when did he finish the Academy? He's a Lieutenant junior grade. So that's two ranks above a cadet. So some time has passed. So it just, it raises so many stupid ass questions and it completely betrays everything that he went through after the Academy or during the Academy with the traveler and everything like that. Yes, and as fans, we really hate it when Star Trek does this, so let's not and say we did. Now, and also one interesting thing was that Ashley Judd uh, in 2002 said that she was going to be, I think she was in an interview and said, oh yeah, I'm going to be in the latest Star Trek movie as Wesley's wife. And (laughs) she, she didn't say it as a joke. And like no one took it as a joke. So people are like, what is going on? And people asked... Uh, Will Wheaton, like, have you heard about this? And he's like, nope, haven't heard anything about this. Hmm. People people contacted her uh, her manager or spokesperson or something like that, and they said, like, yeah, no ca- no cameo has been planned. Wow, so, so she just said this because she wanted it? I guess. I don't know what her rationale was, but I don't think anybody really got an answer. But huh. that would have been, been really weird to see um, the two of yeah. them together. Like it a, really as would have. Although, you know what? It would have made Chris Jones 
the publisher and founder of Trek FM, so very happy. It very much would have, yeah. <laughs> yeah, did you know that I'm looking at the Apocrypha right now? Did you know that in the novel Enemy of My Enemy, the Voyager novel, Wesley appeared during Chakotay's spirit walk? <laughs> no, I have not read that novel, and I'm certainly not going to now. That's freaking hilarious. I don't even know what type of situation would arise where Chakotay has a hallucination about Wesley. So does that mean the Traveler is interfering with Chakotay's hallucinations? And what? I don't what know. What are we oh, doing here? here? There's something here. So, okay. In the novel series, A Time for War, A Time for Peace, Wesley's uniform is explained by him showing up to Rikers and Troy's wedding naked, having expected a Betazoid wedding. And, and that's the uniform lent to him. In uh-huh. this continuity, Wesley was still a traveler and had not returned to Starfleet. Also, according to this novel, his full name is Wesley Eugene Crusher. Okay, so that's interesting. Still BS, because why would they give him a it uniform? Could, yeah. Can they not replicate civilian clothing? Hello. So Come stupid. on. Get with the 24th century. A B plus for effort, but a D minus <laughs> in execution. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice uh, kind of halfway thought out crackpot idea. <sighs> okay. You know what? This has been a lot of fun, but I don't know yeah. if I can handle any more. I don't think I can handle any more, Wesley. I think we, uh, once again, we didn't. We didn't completely change everything about him. We didn't no. make him a wonderkind. Like, he's still above average intelligence, but he's not a wonderkind. And he wanted to go to Starfleet against his mother's wishes. He got kicked out of Starfleet instead of dropping out. He doesn't go with the Traveler. Instead, he goes to the Daystrom Institute in order. I'm having a hard time saying that today. The Daystrom Institute. And uh, he, in order to really excel because he has an aptitude towards every kind of area in math and science and he had to find his own path. He was still a role model for the kids, which is, I think, important for Star Trek and for this character, especially appealing to kids. And more socially outgoing and uh, has more of a social life, has more friends. We get to see that aspect of, of his life and uh, just pretty much enjoying himself being a child or being a young person and doesn't always just want to grow up. Yes, but still has a couple of mishaps here and there because he has to grow and learn and have various experiences, and is overall a fairly well-rounded character. I think so. Well, thank you so much, guys, for listening. As we said earlier, please let us know right in if you have something specific you would like us to talk about with our 100th episode. We would love to talk about something that was listener thought up and generated for us and uh as we said at the top of the show you can go to the nerdparty.com slash contacts like punch it from the drop down menu fill out the form it'll send us the email and you can find us on facebook on twitter everywhere that we said everything can be found at the nerdparty.com next week we're gonna punch up something else entirely and we don't even know what that is but you know that it will get punched up severely ready for warp sir let's punch it Join the revolution. Join the nerd party. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.